ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اللهم صل على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم وبارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد كما باركت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار we begin by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We praise him and we ask his help And we seek his forgiveness And we seek refuge in Allah from the evil inside us And from the evil consequences of our bad actions Whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides No one can misguide And whoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leaves to go astray No one can guide I testify that the reason we got to be worshipped But Allah and Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Is our master, the messenger of Allah the Prophet Muhammad one time he was distributing the spills of war between the companions. And a man who was so harsh and rude, he came to the Prophet and he said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, be just. The Prophet looked at him and he said, Subhanallah, who will be just if I'm not just? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala trusted me. How come you don't trust me? The companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam were angered. The companions became furious because of the harshness and because of the rudeness of this man to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And they wanted to punish this man, but Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to them, Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Wallahi, there will be a group of people just like this man. And listen carefully. He said, there will be a group of people just, just like this man who will recite the Qur'an and the Qur'an will not pass beyond their throats. And that's a metaphor. It means that they will recite the Qur'an but they will not comprehend about the Qur'an. They will recite the Qur'an that they will not understand the Qur'an or the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, leave him alone. For Wallahi, there will be a group of people just like this man who will recite the Quran and the Quran will not pass beyond their throats. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they will leave their religion just like an arrow leaves its target. They will leave their religion just like an arrow leaves its target. It means that they're not stable. They will say, Yes, we are following the book of Allah, and the other day you will see that they follow in absolutely nothing. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the hadith in al-Bukhari wa Muslim, he said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, if I shall live until this day, I will fight them and I will destroy them just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed Ad. 
Just like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed the people of Ad. There is another riwayah in Musnad al-Imam Ahmad that the Prophet ﷺ pointed to Iraq and he said, in it there will be a group of people. They will recite the Quran and the Quran will not go beyond their throats. They will pass through the religion just like an arrow passes through its target. And he said sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they are the worst of people. And those who find them, they are the best of people. This is another riwayah, and Ibn Taymiyyah radiallahu anhu and rahimahullah, he said there are more than 10 authentic ahadiths predicted this group. And he said there is no other group has been predicted with as many ahadith as this group. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said in the hadith located in Sunan ibn Majah, Towards the end of time, my people will be divided to many sects. But there will be one group, they will say the best of speech. They will say the best of speech, but their actions are terrible. He said sallallahu alayhi wasallam, they will call to the book of Allah, but they don't know what's in it. They will call for the rules of Allah and they don't really know what are the rules of Allah. Those who find them are closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than them. And in one riwayah he said, Hudatha'ul Asnan means that they are young people. Young people, 20s and 30s, early 40s. They are young people, Sufaha'ul Ahlam. They have messed up dreams or foolish dreams calling for, for this and that, and they far away from the rules in the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you look at them, you will belittle your salah in front of their salah. You will look at them, you will belittle your fasting in front of their fasting. Who are these people? All historians agree that almost of this hadith apply to a classical group in early Islam, was called Al-Khawarij in the year of 36 or 37 Hijriya. They started when Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu wanted to hold a truce with Muawiyah. They broke away and they accused Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu with this belief. And they said, how come you allow arbitration by men? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, إِنُّ hukmu إِلَّا لِلَّهِ That judgment is for none but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They broke away from Sayyidina Ali, they accused him of kufr. And Sayyidina Ali's response was, Subhanallah, how come you accuse me of kufr and calling me a kafir? After I was one day, I was one third of the Muslims. One third of the Muslims. After I fought with the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in many battles and I migrated to him. How dare you call me a kafir? And one of them says, Wallahi la'aqtulannak, I will kill you. He said that to Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. And Sayyidina Ali's response is, Subhanallah, you are going to kill me just because I disagree with you? In other words, what kind of mentalities are you holding? Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib said to them, as long as you leave, as long as you leave us, as long as you have your place of worship, as long as you don't spread corruption on earth, as long as you don't harm people, that you will be saved. 
But if you start to spread corruption, start to harm people, I will have to fight you and I will have to stop you. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu another cousin of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was called Habrul Ummah. He was the most knowledgeable person about the religion of Islam. The most knowledgeable person about the book of Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to make dua for him. He used to say, Allahumma faqihhu fi deen wa allimhu ta'weel. Oh Allah, help him to gain the knowledge of the Qur'an and not just the knowledge, the knowledge and the understanding of this knowledge. Because it's not enough to just have knowledge, you have to understand this knowledge. He asked Sayyidina Ali, he sought a permission to go and speak with these people. And Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib hesitated in the beginning and he thought, I'm afraid that they are going to harm you. He insisted and Sayyidina Ali let him go. He went there, he said, I arrived there after dhuhr, early afternoon. And this is a time when the Prophet Muhammad used to nap. And this is a time where the Sahaba of Rasulullah used to nap. This is a time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about it in Surah An-Nur. This is a time when you have to knock for permission to enter in somebody's room. This is a time where you have to knock after al-zahira, right at the early afternoon, right after salat al-dhuhr, because usually people, they take naps. And this is the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa He said, I arrived there and I found groups over groups of people and they hear buzzing. They were reciting Quran. I said, subhanallah, this is not the time for reciting the Quran. If you really know what's in the book of Allah, if you really know the sunnah of Rasulullah, you will know that this is not the time. This is not the time for reciting the Quran. This is the time for taking up if you follow the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said to them, well, I have come to you from the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from al-muhajireen and the ansar, the people whom the Quran recited and came down upon Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam where they were sitting among Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. People who definitely have more knowledge about revelation than you, and I don't see any of them among you. They said, what do you want? He said, what do you hold against Amirul Mu'mineen? And the cousin of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his son-in-law. They said three things. Number one, he allowed arbitration by men and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, in illa lillah. Number two, he fought a group of people and he didn't imprison them and he didn't take their spoils. If they were disbelievers, so this imprisonment and, and, and spoils are lawful for him. If they were believers, why did he fight them? Number three, he gave up the title of Amir al-Mu'mineen. He gave up the title of the prince of the faithful. So if he's not the prince of the believers, so he's the prince of the disbelievers. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah, he said, if I break it down to you, if I refute every point, will you obey me? They said yes. Number one, he said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Quran, فَإِنْ خِفْتُمْ شِقَاقَ بَيْنِهِمَا فَبَعَثُوا بِحَكَمًا مِنْ أَهْلِهِ وَحَكَمًا مِنْ أَهْلِهَا إِنْ يُرِيدَ إِصْلَاحًا يُوَفِّقِ اللَّهُ بَيْنَهُمَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said in the Qur'an, send an arbitrator from her side. If you fear a breach between a man and his wife, send an arbitrator from her, her side and another one from his side. They get together. If they want to rectify the matter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will help them. 
Now, what is more important to you? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Himself allowed arbitration by men in the Qur'an. So what is more important to you? To allow arbitration by men in a matter of marriage or to save a human's life? They said to save a human life. He says number two, that she claimed that he did not imprison the people who fought them and he didn't take any of, his, of their spoils. Do you agree that all the prophets Muhammad wasallam's wives are considered to be the mothers of the believers according to the book of Allah? They said yes. Will you agree that Aisha was one of the wives of Rasulullah Therefore she's one of the mothers of the believers? They said yes. He said, will you imprison your mother? They said no. He said the third, he gave up the title of Amirul Mu'mineen. I just want to remind you, when the Messenger of Allah sat with the Qurashi to sign a treaty of Al-Hudaybiyah, Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib was the writer, he was the one who was writing the truth. And Rasulullah said to him, Uktubiya Ali, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Oh Ali, write down, Bismillah, Ar-Rahmanur Rahim. They said, we don't know Ar-Rahman, neither Ar-Rahim. Just say Bismillah. He said, just follow what they say. Just say Bismillah. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Min Muhammad ibn Abdullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Rasulullah, they said, we don't know about that. If we know that you, if we believe that you are the messenger of Allah, we wouldn't have a problem with you. فَقَالَ النَّبِيِّ يَا عَلِي إِمْحُهَا Oh Ali, erase it. Then Sayyidina Ali refused and he says, وَاللَّهِ لَا أَمْحُوكَ أَبَدًا يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ By Allah, I will never remove your title, O Messenger of Allah. He said, يَا عَلِي إِمْحُهَا Remove it. And he refused to remove it and he was the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam who asked Ali, he asked him to show it to him and he showed it to the Prophet sallallahu and the Prophet sallallahu himself, he removed the title of being a Prophet. For what? To hold a truce, to hold a, a peace treaty. Because he said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I will do whatever it takes me. I will do everything they want as long as that will lead us to peace. So the Prophet removed his title, Rasulullah. Do you agree with that? Some of them agreed. There were 6,000 people who broke away from Sayyidina Ali. 2,000 went back with Sayyidina Abdullah ibn, ibn Abbas radiallahu anhumah. And 4,000, they were very arrogant. They were very arrogant, they were very stubborn. But Sayyidina Ali told him, as long as you have your own masjid or have your own way of life, as long as you have your place of worship, as long as you're not harming Muslims, we have nothing to do with you. But the moment you start to spread corruption, then I will have to fight you and I will stop you. They come across Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Khabbab ibn al-Arat. He was a Sahabi and his father also was a Sahabi. He was a great Sahabi. His father was Khabbab ibn al-Arat. And we talked about al-Khabbab many times in this masjid. Because he was one of the Muslims who became to Islam uh, in Mecca. And he had a lot of troubles. And he went through a lot of tribulations. But the Prophet Muhammad wasallam used to make dua for him. And he supported him. Sayyidina Khabbab had a son. His name is Abdullah. He was also one of the Prophet wasallam companions. They passed by Abdullah. And they asked him. They said to him, narrate to us a hadith from your father. He said, yes. I've heard my father saying that the Prophet ﷺ said 
there will be fitna in which those who sit are better than those who walk, and those who walk are better than those who rush. And whoever has no choice, no choice to kill or to be killed, let him be killed. And let him not be the killer. They asked him, what do you say about Abu Bakr and Umar? He said, he said good things about them. He praised Abu Bakr and he praised Umar. And then they asked him, what do you say about tahkim, about the arbitration by men? He says, by Allah. I say that Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu amirul mu'mineen. I say that Ali ibn Abi Talib has better knowledge in the book of Allah and the sunnah of Rasulullah. I say that he's more careful with the religion of Allah. I say that he has more more wisdom than you. And then they said, you don't follow the truth. You don't follow the guidance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You just follow men according to their fame. He had a Quran around his neck. And they said to him, that Quran that you carry around your neck command us to kill you. He said, subhanallah, whoever the Quran preserves his life, he should preserve his life. In other words, I didn't do anything wrong to deserve to be killed. And whoever the Quran is telling you to shed his blood, he should do so. And then they said that they brought him to the river and they slaughtered him like a sheep. And pay attention to that because Ibn Asakir hundreds of years ago, he commented about this part. They slit him like a sheep. And when you slaughter a sheep, you go from the, the front. But when there is a man, like for example, in the Qasas, in the Quran, in Islam, if the killer is not forgiven by, by the family of the killed, if the family of the killed needs revenge, and if this person has to be killed according to the Islamic law, they have to do it in the most human way, which they slaughter from the back. They cut the head from the back. But Ibn Asakir said they slaughter Sayyidina Abdullah right like a sheep. In other words, they don't know anything about Islam. They don't know anything about the etiquette of Islam. They killed him, they killed his children, they killed his wife, he was pregnant and they cut open her belly. They left. They passed by a garden, was owned by a Christian. And it doesn't really matter, but the riwayah, it says it was owned by a Christian. They picked one of its fruit. One said to the other, A'udhu Billah, this is haram. They just killed the Sahabi with his family and his children and his wife and they worry about a fruit. They went inside because one is called the other and he said we have to go to the, to the owner of the garden and apologize for him and give him some money for it. They went to the man and apologized him. Just reminded me with Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu anhumah. When a group of people from Iraq came to him and they said, what do you say about the mosquito's blood? If I have a mosquito's blood on my clothes, can I pray? Is it impure? Is it najasa? Should I clean it first? He looked at the man and he said, Subhanallah. يَقْتُلُونَ ابْنِ بِنْتِ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ يَسْأَلُونَ عَنْ دَمِ الْبَعُوبِ they killed a sacred blood. They killed the grandson of the messenger of Allah and they come in asking me, worrying about the mosquito's blood. Why are we talking about this group? Because of the current political situation. The Prophet Muhammad said, 
that every new generation of this group rises, they then will disappear until the Antichrist Al-Masih Al-Jajjal appear amongst them. We all saw the news. We all saw all these things. The killing of men and women, Muslims and non-Muslims. We saw the beheading of journalists. We saw people with flags. But it says, La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. We saw people with turbans and beards. We saw people slaughtering people and saying, Allahu Akbar. So don't let any of these things deceive you. Don't let any of these things deceive you because most of these people, most of these people are ignorant about Islam. They have just a superficial knowledge and understanding about our religion. The same symptoms that the Prophet said and predicted about the Khawarij apply to this group. The same exact qualities apply to them. So don't let them deceive you. Wallahi, they don't know anything about their religion. Wallahi, they don't. I didn't join them to know, but we know what some of them who joined them from the UK. What was the last thing they ordered online? Islam for dummies. That's the last thing they ordered online. Islam for dummies. So that's their knowledge about Islam. Absolutely nothing. Wallahi, the woman who came in the news the other day, begging them to let her son go, she has more knowledge about Islam than them. Because she said, I studied a little bit of Islam and your, in your religion, it says that one soul is not to be held accountable to what the others, what the other souls do. This is a verse in the Quran. And I'm aware that there are many hundreds and thousands of Muslims who were slaughtered, but they were not put in tapes. We are aware of that, but the media is not going to show that. The media only going to show that what, what, what you saw lately. But this woman, she said to them, Wallahi, the Messenger of Allah, I know that he was uh, a gentle person. I know that he used to forgive people. And I just want you to let my son go. I want to hug him. My son is not responsible about the American foreign policy does. My son is not responsible for that. So Wallahi, she has more knowledge about our religion than them. I'm going to leave you with this hadith. To just remove any confusions or any doubts. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa this hadith located in Muslim Imam Ahmad ibn Majan al-Bazzar, that Huzayfa ibn al-Yaman radiallahu anhu, he said, كَانَ النَّاسُ يَسْأَلُونَ النَّبِيُّ sallallahu alayhi wa khair People used to go and ask the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa about the good things. But I used to go and ask them about the evil things, the bad things, because I'm afraid that they might overtake me. And they said, Ya Rasulullah, we were lost in ignorance and evil. We were lost in ignorance and evil until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala helped us through Islam. Will an evil comes after this good call of Nabi said, Yes. He said, Yes. Then he said, Will evil come after this good? He said, Yes. And then he said, well, good comes after this evil. He said, yes, good will come after this evil, but will be tainted by evil. And Sayyidina Hudayfa said, how? How, O Messenger of Allah? 
He said وسلم, there will be a group of people calling others to path that is not mine. And then he said, will any evil come after this good? He said, وسلم, there will be a group of people standing and calling people at the gates of fire. Whoever respond to them, they will throw them in fire. He said, Describe them to us, O Messenger of Allah. He said, وسلم, They are from your own people. They speak your language. And it doesn't mean that they were Arabs. It doesn't mean that they speak the Arabic language. It means that they will be doing the same exact thing as you do. They will be preaching about Islam. They will be talking about Khilafah. They will be talking about all these things. They are from your own people, they speak your own language. Or they speak in your language. Then Hudayfa said, Ya Rasulullah, how can I save myself? If I should live until this day, how can I save myself? He said, Ilzam jama'at al-Muslimin. He said to him, stick with the main body of the Muslims and their leader. He didn't say go out, announce the Khilafah, kill people, slaughter innocent people, Muslims and non-Muslims. He said he stick to the main body of the Muslims and their leader. He said, because he was so smart, he said, Ya Rasulullah, what if there is no uh, leader for the Muslims during that time? He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, then isolate yourself from all this. Isolate yourself from all this. Isolate yourself. Even if you have to eat the leaves of the tree until death overcomes you. This is what the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to Hudayfa. This is his advice to us. أَقُولُ قَوْلِ هَذَا وَأَسْتَغْفِرُ اللَّهَ لِيُّ الْحَمْدُ اللَّهِ وَالصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ عَلَى رَسُولِ اللَّهِ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ وَنَوَلَهِ اللَّهُمَّ لَعِلْمَ لَنَا إِلَّا مَا عَلَمْتَنَا إِنَّكَ أَنْتَ الْعَلِيمُ الْحَكِيمُ اللَّهُمَّ انْفَعْنَا بِمَا عَلَمْتَنَا وَعَلِمْنَا مَا انْفَعْنَا وَزِدْنَا عِلْمًا وَصَلِّ اللَّهُمَّ وَسَلِّمْ وَبَارِكْ عَلَى سَيِّدِنَا مُحَمَّدٍ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَأَصْحَابِهِ أَجْمَعِينَ Brothers and sisters, if you have children, if you have teenagers or people in their twenties, start to look at what they watch online, start to talk to your children about all the, the current situation, all the problems that we have in the world. I think it's, it's beneficial. I think this is the time actually to build a bridge between you and your teenager son. Inshallah, I'll be leaving for Hajj next Friday. Uh, one of the, the brothers, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase him in both health and wealth. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cure his son because his son is in the hospital. He sponsored me to go with him. And uh, inshallah, I'll be leaving next Friday. And no, I cannot ask him to sponsor you too. And do not ask me to make dua for the Steelers because I want. So, uh, inshallah, I'll be away for, for three weeks and I will see you inshallah after I come back. If I hurt or harm any of you, please forgive me. And uh, I love you all for the sake of Allah. Aqulu qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah li wa lakum. Allahumma akhfir lana dhunubana wa israfana fi amrina. Thabit aqdamana wa surna ala qawm al-kafirin. Allahumma aj'al hadha al-jam'a jam'an marhuma. Tafarruqna ba'alihi tafarruqan ma'asuma. Wa la taj'al fina wa la hawlana wa la khilfana shaqiyan wa la mahuma. Oh Allah, we ask you to honor us as you honor the righteous people before us. Oh Allah, we ask you to protect us from anxiety and grief and from inability and laziness. 
Subhanahu we ask you to place light in our hearts and make us sources of light. Amin, amin, amin. Subhanahu rabbika rabbil izzati amma sufun. Wassalamun ala mursaleen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa aqim as-salah.